love you. Well, hello. I'm so happy to see you all come through that front door. Come sit on the couch with us here, potatoes, because today we're talking the sword in the stone. I'm the green traveler from Gorsh. And I am the faceless Leon. <laughs> now, night of the round. Shrink with my mighty sword. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's very fair to say that you and I are both huge King Arthur fans. Oh, like, yeah. Love it. Now, that... By by that, I don't mean that I am very studied in the lore. It's just sure. when I was probably, I would say, from the age of six to, I want to say, like, 10 or 11, I only cared about King Arthur. Uh-huh. I read King Arthur. I, like, watched <laughs> movies. You know, that that was that was all I lived for as a, as a very young kid was King Arthur. And... That story's great, man. Yeah, yeah it's... Knighthood and chivalry and you know yeah. adventure, and then there's Merlin, and then there's Merlin, yes. But even like the love triangle stuff and the uh, oh yeah, the romance, the yeah, the romance and the betrayal and all that stuff. It's 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 just you know it's there's a reason why it's a good story. Yeah, the story wasn't always and like that though. No, it wasn't, no. and it, you know it's. It, the thing about King Arthur is there's like no, you know, definitive tale of King Arthur. Like there's so many different. There there is an origin. You know, there are like the first tales of King Arthur, of course, but it right. has grown to be so much more than that. That right. many people just choose what their favorite King Arthur lore is. Basically, you know, there's people who like Mists of Avalon, which is like you know, it's all about the women of the King Arthur realm fucking great novel by Marianne Zimmer ba- Bradley. But then, you know, you have also, of course, you have the these tales by T.H. White, which is what Disney animation is based off of, which I believe was my first introduction to King Arthur. I'm not entirely what, sure. I can't remember T.H. Uh, White's Once and Future King. What what uh, what Sword in the Stone is based on, it's based off like the first act of that. Oh, it's a play. I'm not sure that I've seen that. Well, it's not a play. It's a. It's a. It's. A, I'm. I'm saying Sword in the Stone. What we're talking about today, the yeah. animation. It's based off of the first like act, the first book of the Once and Future King, which is a big novel by T. H. White. I see. Okay. Sorry, I, I said act, but I, I think it was still called an act, like Act One, which is like the Sword in the Stone. It's just his childhood. Right. I, I feel. I can't remember. I feel like that was my first introduction. To King Arthur because it was, was either that, that or it, yeah it was either that by T H White or there there's a young adult fiction based on Merlin's youth man I can't remember I can't remember who wrote it I, I want to say it's T A Baron I don't know why all the authors I'm thinking of have initials <laughs> as their first names I want to say it's T A Baron it's it's like the Songs of Merlin there's like five or six books like it's a short young adult series. Like I, I that that was like the basis of my love because when it comes to King Arthur, my my actual love is for Merlin. Yeah, and you know I I really like Arthur. I like Lancelot. I love all the knights and everything. Uh, Morgan Rafay, Mordred, all of them. They're yeah, all wonderful yeah. characters. There's great. There's great villains. Like they have all yeah. these different villains. I do wish that. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I feel like more modern interpretations have done a lot with these villains, but like the. Original stories don't really do too terribly much with them, besides perhaps Mordred. But sometimes 
Mordred is fighting with Arthur in that last battle. So, you know, which is weird. Yeah, it it goes it goes either way, and, and like, what's great about this story is there's so many like different versions, but they're all canonical because they're all the legend. Yeah, exactly. But it started out just being a folklore story, not not a super fanciful one. About a king who fought off the Sax, fought against the Saxons, uh, rather, in uh, the late fifth and early sixth centuries, so yeah. 400, 500s. Then it didn't really become this big thing until Geoffrey of Monmouth, which I probably said his name wrong because it, the <laughs> English do some weird things with like their location names. Like, you know, it looks like, like one thing, but because of regional things, they say it completely yeah. different. You try though. That's all that matters. Yeah, you try. I do try. I do try. So any, you know, big literary nuts out there, I'm sorry for offending you. He's dead. He doesn't care. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> 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 That's what it really comes down to. The, all, all y'all other bitches be sticklers. <laughs> so his version, though, is where you get the sword and Uther Pendragon and Guinevere. It also mentions this historical site that's a real site, uh, the castle at Tintagel. I believe is how you say it. Fuck y'all. I don't know how to pronounce shit. <laughs> so it, he kind of gave this story a, another purpose for this architectural thing that kind of was forgotten to history who made it. Archaeologists believe that it was during the Roman occupation that it was built because there's artifacts that date back to that. But I think that's kind of interesting that like a legend kind of evolved into a myth about this thing that people ha- lacked understanding about, which is just what storytelling right. has always done throughout history. Yeah. And then he developed knights of the round table because right. they're all on equal grounding. You know, there was no head of the table. They were all they were all together. And then they went for the Holy Grail. Well, that's and then, those though all those two things and Lancelot were actually all added by the French uh, uh, poet. I'm gonna pro- I'm definitely gonna probably say this wrong, but Chrétien de Troyes, I believe, is ah. how you said it. I listened to it, so if I got it right, here we go. I just <laughs> have to study. But anyways, that wasn't until the 12th century. That those three things got added, but those are like the three most iconic things. I feel like is that relationship with Lancelot, and then the the quest for the Grail, and they're just the brotherhood of the knights. Yeah, and that's what I just like. That's what I love about King Arthur is he's he he started in such humble roots as just a a good king who fought off the enemy, and then now you know he's he's grown into this crazy legend with so many different variants and yeah. It, I haven't, like, one of my big problems is I want a really good King Arthur movie. I want, like, every single production company out there is, like, searching for their one cinema universe. You know, we got to have it. You know, Marvel's created this beautiful gem and we all have to recreate it. Well, whoever has the rights to King Arthur is a fucking dumbass right now. Like, there's so much there. 
I don't know if you can have the rights to to King Arthur, can you? Well, I'm sure that I'm sure like movie rights or something like because that's why Cinematic you keep getting rights. you got Cli- you got the you got the Clive Owen King Arthur movie that came out, right? And then like not too long ago, you had the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie that came out that was just god awful. Like I really hated that one, and like I feel like they're just so spread apart that it has to be a reason of like we have to keep the rights, so let's quickly push out a shit King Arthur movie because we don't know what to do with it. Interesting, and, but I I don't know who like unless somebody was like savvy and like hey I'm gonna go copyright uh, or you know trademark right King Arthur because like maybe, how, how do you do that with a legend I don't get I don't know how that yeah. works maybe I mean maybe there isn't I, I mean I really don't know how it works but I'm just saying like the, the, it is a cinema universe begging to happen right, there's exactly. so much shit here yeah and I'm really excited because A24 is doing uh. The Green Knight. Oh my so God. that's like, yeah, Imagine I'm fucking A24 pumped for that. Did it. Imagine if A24, like their next Dude, movie yeah. was like a Lancelot story or something. That would be fucking awesome. That, it would be really cool, but I feel like that would be setting it up wrong because I feel like there's so much to do beforehand. But I guess they could just do prequels. Like yeah. there's no issue doing that. I feel like leading with the Green Knight for your cinema cinematic universe is a very bold step. But I'm yeah. I'm totally Especially on board the for it. They took. Especially like it'd been pointed out to me that the version that they that people had in their mind was like the Green Giant being this like kind of jolly character. But yeah, I've always seen him as like sinister. But that's because. The, the version that I read had two different illustrations. It had that jolly looking version of the Green Knight, but it also had something that kind of looks akin to the special effects that they show in that trailer. Nice. He's yeah. very fayish. He is. It is awesome. I love it. I'm on board for it. I'm so pumped for that. I think it's very showing that we have spent 10 minutes talking uh, yeah. about <laughs> everything, everything but the animation. I was just because. About to say. I mean, I guess, I guess we should try to bring it back to the animation. That's the point why everybody's That's here. We're doing it, the yeah. silver. We're doing the silver age of Disney. We're getting close to the end. I think there's like two movies left. This oh. and maybe one other movie. You know what? I was too busy brandishing my sword to tell everybody that this is a podcast about movies and TV. Oh, yeah. Well, that is why you're here. <laughs> so I'm glad we. Yeah. I'm glad we shoot uh, clued you all into that. <laughs> <laughs> You're all like, what the fuck am I here for? These guys just, <laughs> just going on. But what is this? The Arthur podcast? I thought it was about the King Art Arthur Marks. only. We can get probably a solid hundred episodes out of King Arthur. <laughs> We're just yeah, talking King Arthur alone. But we are uh, we are today talking the uh, Disney Silver Age film Sword in the Stone, as we've mentioned at the top. And the, the reason we just don't want to talk about it, in my opinion, is because it's boring as fuck. All man, yeah. like. It was pretty boring. It is like the most held back take on King Arthur I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I don't think I've actually, I feel like I watched this in school. I think they might have shown this when I was like really young, like, you know, first grade or whatever. And just it has to get us to shut up. educational feel to it. Like, that's, yeah. <clears throat> that's like Merlin's main drive is to educate Arthur. Yeah. It's, it really feels like it's from Merlin's perspective too yeah that that is the that is the plot of this story is you have young king arthur nobody knows he's a king you know he is just uh what's he called wick wart wart Wart. yeah yeah he's called wart in this uh he's called wart in the the once and future king novel as well for that first story 
he is just that that weak, small kind of kid. You know, nobody expects much from him. He is just, you know, he's subservient to his. It's not his brother. It's like his adoptive. Yeah, it's you're talking about Sir Kay, uh, and it's that's Sir Ector's son, and Sir Ector is rather Arthur is Sir Ector's ward. So it's gotcha. kind of like an adoptive child, but more like. I just take care of this person. I make sure yeah. they get fed. Yeah, and he's kind of he's kind of like a fake squire for Hector's yeah. uh, son. You know, we don't have to get deep into it. Somewhere along the line, Merlin picks up War as his uh, men, yeah. uh, protege, his you know, tutor. He's going to tutor this kid because he believes you know he knows him to be right. the King Arthur of legend, and he wants to nurture that. All these medieval problems. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's the story is just watching Merlin teach this kid. The the problem I have with it is, I mean, it, Merlin's fun. He's he's goofy yeah, and and great. you know silly. Wart's a good character because you know he 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 is compassion. He, he's willing. Yeah, he's willing. He he wants to help. He's very kind. He's just a little weak. You know, he's he yeah. he needs to be raised up. He needs he needs uh he needs to be honed. How do you how does he expect to get anywhere in life without a good education? Amen, sister. Yeah. But the, the the problem though is in the lessons because they are all the exact fucking same. I'm going to yes. transform you into another animal. We're going to learn about how this animal lives. You're going to get attacked by that animal's predator and then Merlin's going to bite its tail and you can get away. It Almost every single one is exactly <laughs> like that, except for one they time do they do it with the owl. But does but doesn't almost the exact same thing happen? Yes. Doesn't like the yeah <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's just a different animal and a different predator. And you watch the first one and it's kind of funny and you're laughing. And it's like this is gonna be fun. Yeah, you know, we're gonna go gonna on a little a adventure. adventure. Yeah. Nope. Not fun at all. It's gonna be the exact same boring shit, scene after scene. Yeah, and there's not gonna be there's not gonna be any hints at Merlin, uh, at King Arthur's future because obviously we're not doing a sequel. This is just his first. You know, this is his youth. Yeah. We're we're focusing on this for the kids. I don't know. Maybe they did think it was gonna do well or something, and then they would do more movies, and maybe it didn't do that well. I didn't look into the production or yeah review side of this at all. But the but the Silver Age has done pretty well, so I would imagine it did well. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just I don't it's think just a it had. Dull. Yeah, it's just there, boring. <laughs> there are some good nuggets in it, though. You gotta like what is it, Higgitus Figitus or whatever his his song when he's packing up the house. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that and, was just a recreation of Vincent and and Mickey. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's almost the it's almost the the song is nice, but the 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 whole scene itself is almost the exact same as when Mickey was controlling all the the broomsticks oh. and everything. Like I don't know, it's just blah, it's boring. It's just it, I don't know, it, it's bottom of the barrel. Okay, well then, um, just because I feel like we're we're kind of running out of things to already talk about about the movie because no, that really just... is it in a nutshell. Yeah. Let's that, just get back to King Arthur. <laughs> well, no, no. Listen, though, I, I do. There's two things that I do want to talk about, or at least mention. Like, okay, so the the actual part with the sword was kind of cute. Like, you know, he just did it. He just walked up and he did it. Legendary yeah, yeah. sword. Whoever draws it becomes king of all of Britain. He just comes and draws it. It, it. But he's he doesn't want it for himself. He wants it for somebody else. Yeah, and maybe that's. The whole reason why I let him draw it. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. It depends on the legend if you, <laughs> if yeah. you want to. 
Some people that's say true. it's like Merlin like was sitting there and was like, oh, there he goes. I'm going to release the spell that's holding it in the stone because like Merlin uh-huh. had forced it in there. There's, I mean, there are others that are exactly like what you said, where it's, you know, it's his, uh, his benevolence. You know, he didn't, he didn't want it for himself. He wanted it for others to help others. Yeah. He was going to give it to Kay to all people. He did yeah. give it to Kay. He did give it to Kay. And, and, and Ector was like, oh my God, where'd you get this, son? Yeah. You were here the whole time. I know you didn't get it. Right. Yeah. I did like the loyalty to this legend that Sir Ector had. Like, yeah. I, there was a very good, a very good opportunity for him to be like, my son is king, he has the sword. But no, he let the test happen for real, and Arthur still gets it. And that's maybe a spoiler. But really what I want to talk about was how brief of a moment that was. And yeah, yeah, I feel like it's the Arthur legend. You know he draws the sword from the stone. That's But yeah, but you're right. That that moment is like five minutes, if that, and an hour and twenty minute film. And it's like almost the abrupt end too, isn't it? Like Well he I can't remember. I feel like I kind of and then Merlin rockets back from Bermuda to tell him he, he'll yeah. be all right. He'll be all right. You know, <laughs> we'll figure about it out Merlin. as we go. And he's like, dude, I'm 10. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can barely read. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about Merlin coming in that door with the Bermuda <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. man. Just he, on, he says, on vacation. He gets all angry earlier in the film, but this is before the sword happens. And also, his anger is totally unfounded in that scene. I I am so mad at Merlin in that scene because Arthur comes in because he's proud that he got picked to be a uh, case squire for this tournament, and he comes to Merlin to tell him that Merlin had some like lesson plans or something, and he gets interrupted. Boo, fucking who, Merlin? Jesus. <laughs> he's a he's I a mean, grumpy old man. Yeah, but like Arthur says. You'd have no idea what it's like. I am literally no one. And this is an opportunity. And, and he's like, of course he has to take it. Why, why can't, why can't Merlin see that makes me upset? But then because he's mad, he says, blast me to Bermuda. And then he just all of a sudden turns into a rocket and shoots through the, the thatch roof to Bermuda. And the owl, and the owls, uh, when War asks him, "Where's Bermuda?" He said, "It's some island that nobody's ever discovered yet." <laughs> that was probably oh, the best part of the movie, and I, I was still upset because there was no reason for well, Merlin to yeah, get upset at him. I, I don't know. You have to, you have to look at it from Merlin's perspective. He knows he's going to be locked up for the rest of his life in a crystalline chamber cave for like, you know, it's going to suck. And he's just spent so much time teaching this ki- damn kid how to run away from predators and be something that the kid's like, I'm a nobody. And he's like, bitch, I've been done telling you forever that you're a damn legend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You know what? I forgot to factor in the crystalline chamber. So... <laughs> Oh man, who's the who's the lady that locks him in there? It's like Nivea, Nivea, Nimue, Nimue. Yeah, yes. Never forgive her. How dare she lock the greatest sorcerer ever up in a cave, or in a tree, yeah. or in whatever else he's locked in in other fables. <laughs> Another suggestion for the potatoes out there 
fuck, I think it's just called Cursed. So this is a great suggestion. I'm going to tell you to go find something. You're never going to be able to find it. It's on Netflix. I believe the title is just <laughs> Cursed. But it is Wait. a story from Nimue's perspective. Ooh, that yeah. would be interesting. Uh, is it just Cursed or Cursed? I believe it's... Oh, not just. No just. It's Cursed. Okay, so Cursed. Okay. Yes. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> you just said it both times, and I was like, wait, is it called that? Or what? I'm so confused now. You know, there <laughs> I is, thought it there was is... very interesting, though, the, the show. Yeah. Uh, to it see sounds a story interesting. from Emily's perspective. Uh, and Merlin's yeah, I mean, a big character, too. Right. Right, and that, I mean that's all. That, again, that's the beauty of of Arthur is it's no longer just about Arthur. There's so many knights, so many women in right. the world, or in in the the Arthur world, of course. You got Merlin. You got all of Merlin's backstory. He has a huge fucking history. I, I believe that's another one of my favorite series. Is I think it's by Mary Stewart. Uh, it's it's it, the first three books follow King Arthur or follow Merlin, like from youth oh. to being King Arthur's. A sorcerer and then like four and five are just about king arthur oh so good really like them and they're, and they're very like yeah they're very grounded like the magic and it's pre- presented very real like i don't even remember if there is magic or if merlin is just like very intuitive i can't remember hmm. but yeah those i really like those as a kid and i feel like if i were to go back to as an adult they'd be so much better because as a kid i was struggling because they're they were a little more intuitive than i than i could handle as a child but I had to di- I had to read everything Mer- uh, King Arthur and Merlin back then. I was just like right. I needed it. Yeah, I even uh, I even read the Wikipedia's like three times. <laughs> yeah, I was just doing that earlier today to do the show. <laughs> so there's like fifty pages too. Oh, let's talk about somebody who is in nowhere else in the uh, the universe. That's that's Madame Mim. What do you think about Madame Mim? Remind me who she was. Oh my god, she's the main antagonist. <laughs> she's considered the main antagonist of the movie. She's like the the bog witch lady who just wants anything to malicious to happen. She thinks it's amusing. I'm sure if I were to look a picture of her up right now, uh-huh. I would immediately immediately remember. But genuinely, I you know I watched this a week ago, uh-huh, yeah. and. For the for the majority of it, I was bored as fuck and was like paying attention to other things. It's like my ADHD was going like nutso during yeah, this yeah. whole this movie. You know, I was on my phone. I would pull out my book and start reading that. I'll be honest. I watched half of it and was like, I'm not paying attention to this, and turned it yeah. off, and then came back and rewatched it later. See, I should probably do it that way from them, but I was just like, nope. I gave it its chance. That it affects its score. That's, <laughs> that's how fair. that's how my that's brain works. Honestly, fair. I think. I mean, what is <clears throat> what is a uh, critique other than uh, snap judgment mixed with critical thought? Exactly. I'm a reactionist. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, there is two people I think that we should. Well, I, I say two people. There are two groups of people, I guess, that I did want to give credit to for this movie. I mean, the animators are great too. So three right. groups of people. It's good, the, well the, animated. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks really beautiful. I won't deny that. But the two people I want to talk about, the, the songs, they were written by the Sherman Brothers, who wrote down that they they did the music for Mary Poppins, Jungle Book, Aristocrats, and Winnie the Pooh. 
So that's all, you know, that's beautiful. There is a great choice of music in all of those films. And as you, as you mentioned there, there are some good songs in this. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but I did enjoy them when I was listening to them, but they're right, not, yeah. they're not quite rememberable. You're not going to remember his song about, I don't know, it might've even been about the ABCs. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't remember it. The, the, actually, yeah, there's an ABC song in it. But the, like it's not as popular as the one that everybody knows. So yeah, the, the whatever you were calling it, the higgledy piggledy. It was no, that. no. I mean like the the ABC song that everybody knows. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. very oh, oh, similar you, to it because I mean, there's all much only so much you can do when you're listing off letters, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> it is a nice song. It's very like lullabyic, but yeah, it's. It's not going it to supersede me, this one. It might have put me to sleep. I can't remember it. Uh, <laughs> the other person, the other person I want to recognize was the composer uh, who did the score, uh, George Burns. Uh, again, you know, Sleeping Beauty, One Hundred One Dalmatians, Jungle Book, Aristocrats, uh, Robin Hood. Great composer. Like I did really like the music too in this. Like yeah. just the soundtrack was nice. Like the the songs are great, but the musical scoring is that was interesting to me, especially because. You have so much work or uh, so much to work with because of all the different animals, all the different environments. And it seems like he really did capture on a lot of that. You know, the action under the water was interesting. Oh, you yeah. Know. Yeah, the, it was. Yeah. The, the, I thought that they did. I noted that they did some interesting stuff with the audio when they were under there. Yeah. So it's like technical details. Great job. Like, it, you know, the, the the work and the heart put into this movie, I feel. But it's just the, that story. Yeah, the, and they needed to do something that was more plot heavy. Yeah, they it w- they made an educational fil- film that featured King Arthur. That's what they did. You 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 need more of Mrs. Nim. You need yeah. her to be m- more included throughout the story so that you have more of a a conflict, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know why they couldn't have just made a Morgan Le Fay. Well. They don't want to imply anything about his future because there's, you know, that there, there's nothing about King Arthur in this really. No. It's just that beginning. It's so boring. <laughs> I want, I wanted name drops like that. I wanted to see Morgan Le Fay. I wanted to hear like, which caliber mentioning Nimway in ah. the very early scene. I don't know if it was before or after Arthur fell through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna doubt you because I'm pretty sure it was in there. I just, right. I, I'm sure that I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of Easter eggs that I just completely overlooked because I wasn't paying attention. But it just it didn't feel connected to that story at all. No, it just no. if there was a third, a second, and third movie to this, it definitely I would hope be the dumpster of the three, right? <clears throat> because for a kids movie, it is very competent and it does have some educational features so that's nice but as an adult all of these other films had something that was very very nice for the adult the parent watching this film just really doesn't there's less action in this movie than maleficent than excuse me sleeping beauty yeah it's true that is very true and that's very fucking sad yeah i mean they're acting their action just uh, and, and the, in Sword in the Stone, most of the action takes place between animals, so it doesn't right. feel that compelling. You know, you we, it just feels like <laughs> watching a National Geographic f- feature. You're just like, yeah, of course, that's gonna that thing is gonna attack an owl, like fucking but if, yeah. But if a, David Attenborough a damn was a fish, 
I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but no, the the educational aspect, as you mentioned, it's for kids. Kids will enjoy it. You know, it keeps it from getting anything worse than a two two star. But right, uh, that that's what I give it is two stars. But it's just it's the the whole Disney Silver Age. I found very disappointing because th- there have been some gems, of oh, course, yeah. and we'll talk that. When we finish the when we finish the era, we'll we'll of course talk our favorites and our least favorites. But it's I don't know. It's just I understand why child me watched them once and was okay with being done with it forever. Right. Right. And and now that I'm watching it again, I'm like, man, am I gonna spend another two decades before I come back to these? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I gotta tell you, dude. Just to put it out there, right now, Lady and the Tramp really hit me a different way that it never had hit me before. <laughs> I really like that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's. I would say Lady and the Tramp so far of the Silver Age is in my top three. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to elaborate. <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to go okay, further. We'll save we it. Still, we'll save it for next. We episode. still have. We still have the Jungle Book to talk, baby. Well, that's going to okay. change everything. I will give it. Yeah, I probably will. To be honest, so I will give it a face. Like I didn't hate. I didn't hate watching it. It's a comp- competent movie. It's just a kid movie. Um, and I wish that it was a more of an awesome sword and stone kind of show. Sword yeah. and sorcery, rather. But whatever. That's whatever, right? Yeah. It happens. There's so many other great King Arthur oh, definitely. films and TV shows out there to, you know, it, it's okay that one of them sucks. In right. fact, you know, quite a, quite a lot of them <laughs> <Yes>. suck. But <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if I'm thinking about it, I think it's most of them. But Most of them. some of them are really good, and some of them some are. Of, some of them you still hold dear because you like certain aspects of them, like what they did with the lore, even if it's bad yeah. acting. And yeah, I mean, I might not be a big fan of the Clive Owen King Arthur, but there are some really cool yeah. ideas in that Clive yeah. Owen King Arthur movie. Yeah, I like that yeah. historical approach. I like it. And and Sam Neill is Merlin. Come on, like Come that's on. not in King Arthur. That's not that's not in the Clive Owen movie. That's in the, yeah. his own his own. What is that? A four hour? I movie? think it's a Hallmark it's a, movie. Is it a Hallmark? I think it is. I'm not oh entirely, my god! It's something like that. I know it's something that you could buy in like a big pack at like the dollar oh. store. Dude, uh, I want so badly for it to be a Hallmark movie. That would be hilarious. <laughs> we'll have to I remember, do it sometime I remember, because I kind of recall it being pretty good, but it really, you know, yeah. Sam Neill carries it, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's, again, it, I think it is like four hours long, yeah. isn't it? It's long yeah, as it shit. I think it's two uh, parts. Is what yeah, it is. yeah. There, there's, there's so many things. We can do a whole King Arthur playlist and like yeah. link this in there someday. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, and that one's gonna be a, a free form playlist too yes, because definitely. there's so much to it. But God, one of my favorite things, and yeah, this is one of my least favorite additions to it. But that's it. That is that is, I think, the episode of the I day. So we will continue the Disney Silver Age playlist next week, and I think conclude. I'm not yep, sure. I think, I think Jungle think... Book is the last one. Yeah. Thanks. So. Good. Good. I'm done with the Silver Age. It's it, the hey, Silver dude, Age hasn't pissed right, me off though, as much as the War yeah, Era. Those package films, man. 
Yeah, those were rough. Those were real rough. Definitely. We'll get through we'll get through the Silver Age in a much jollier, happier way. That's right. And I'll remember most of the films this time, unlike the, the war era. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I've been the faceless Leon. And I'm the green traveler from Gorge. Safe travels and good night. Oh, and support us on patreon.com slash green faceless if you so choose. Nice. Good plug. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash green and faceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.